This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, as I said, we're constantly focusing on overcoming COVID-19, but amid the fight, what about all the other types of health care that we need? We've heard about doctor's offices closing, elective surgeries being canceled, home care not happening. Now, Canadians, especially those over 65, also need eye care. Dr. Joshua Smith is an optometrist whose patients are primarily in that age group. And he's with us to talk about how care has changed, especially urgent care versus routine care because of the pandemic. Now, if you have questions for him, please feel free to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I'd like to welcome Dr. Joshua Smith, President of the Ontario Association of Optometrists. Hello, Dr. Smith. Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me today. Okay, thank you for coming on. So um, tell us what's happening. I mean, people need, I guess, routine eye care, and the older you are, the more important it is. Absolutely, and that's uh, a message that we, uh, we we are always putting out there. And during this pandemic, though, it has it has changed a little bit uh, because of uh, of what restrictions are happening around the province that, I, that you referenced in your introduction. Um, routine care, we've had to suspend routine care under orders from the provincial government uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, we're we want to ensure that we're not uh, contributing to the spread of COVID nineteen by having patients uh, filling our, our, uh, our usual schedules and our usual exam rooms. Um, so we've been restricted to providing urgent care and emergency care only. And this is, this is crucial for a couple of reasons. The one I just mentioned is one, but also because we're trying to help uh, ensure that people with urgent or emergent eye conditions aren't having to face the choice between sitting at home and just hoping it goes away or going to an emergency room where they might be nervous about uh, actually being exposed to the virus. Give give me some examples of what emergency care, what would cause emergency care? Sure. So anything that uh, you can imagine, like a, a red eye, so something you might think is an eye infection, uh, or any kind of symptoms that are, that are sudden. So things like a sudden change in vision, or a sudden... Um, uh, uh, sort, of, sort of sudden symptoms like flashes of lights or floaters in the vision, something that's certainly uh, uh, something that comes on all of a sudden. That would be one example. There are also many of your listeners, I'm sure, that are that are, see that they see their optometrist regularly for eye conditions that are being managed, like macular degeneration or glaucoma, and they may be concerned about sudden or or sort of even gradual changes to their vision related to their disease. So those patients also, uh, we want those our, those patients to have access to their optometrist during this time to uh, to either get more guidance or actually change their treatment protocol, or even if they need an update on their medication, certainly for glaucoma patients who are taking medication on a regular basis uh, in the form of eye drops uh, to control their disease. Um, so uh, what about people, uh, for instance, I'll say uh, even the last time I saw my optometrist, uh, he said, um, 
you know, you should really uh, be checked every six months as opposed to every year because, um, you know, one of your eyes maybe is premacular. Uh, what about people who need that type of follow-up? Yeah, that's the that's where we're kind of in a holding pattern right now in the province uh, because those kind of routine care visits are, are suspended uh, by the order of the provincial government. So, um, those types of visits, you know, if there's a if there's a sudden change or there's something that's new that you're worried about, you should reach out to your optometrist uh, to to have a consultation by phone or even by video conference. Um, and you know, if it's if it's a matter of something that we're going to manage after this sort of pandemic has come down, you're going to see um, your optometrist coming back and trying to reschedule you know hundreds and hundreds of people after uh, that have all been cancelled during this time. And your your doctor is going to know best at what your risk level is, and they're going to work with you to make sure that you're seen in a timely manner. I know in my practice, we're, we're going week by week, and we're contacting every patient that had an exam uh, or a visit booked with us and talking to them about any concerns that they have, talking to them about any um, uh, follow-ups and what the timeline might be going forward. But it's it's hard right now, of course, because we don't know for sure when we're going to be able to resume seeing uh, our, our regular patients in, for routine care. And and again, with with the emergency care, so uh, would you do that again with a phone call or a video conference or something like that? Yes, so that's that's the first stage. So there's uh, there's a few stages that we can uh, we can go through if we need to. So the first step certainly is to um, review review the, uh, the the symptoms and talk by phone or or video chat with our patients to to talk about what their their symptoms are or what's going on. And if we can actually do, uh, just like if you've had done this with your family doctor, it would be the same sort of thing. If we can assess the condition and start a treatment or or, uh, or move forward just through a phone or a video call, then, then that's what we'll do. But if there's something that needs to be seen in person, and there's a real concern of a, of a video or, a, I'm sorry, of a, of a vision-threatening condition, uh, and you need to be seen in person, um, there are optometrists that have uh, personal protective equipment. Um, that are seeing patients for urgent care visits, and they're following all of these uh, same protocols uh, that we're, they're hearing about from hospitals and other healthcare providers to be able to see people in person. And they're still working with their community ophthalmologists as well for those that need uh, even more advanced care uh, and need to be seen in person as well. So those are still available but it's certainly much, much more restricted than it was a couple of weeks ago. So uh, would that happen uh, at the optometrist's office, or is it a house call? I mean, how does that happen? It would happen at the office where we can really control the environment uh, and keep it uh, clean and keep it uh, safe for the doctor and the staff and the patient, of course, uh, to make sure that uh, anyone coming in for that visit is, uh, is going to be safe to do so. So what we do at our office, for example, is we're bringing people in sort of one at a time. Um, they 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 are uh, waiting out in their car until it's their time to come in. Then they are called. They come into our office. Um, they're given a mask. Uh, everyone else in the office is also wearing personal uh, protective equipment. And the examination happens with as little sort of discussion or talk as possible. As we know, um, this disease is spread very easily through droplets from the breath. And so the masks and also the restriction of talking really helps. And anyone who's had an eye exam knows the doctor and the patient have to get fairly close to each other. Uh, so that's where the, the risk is greatest. And after the examination is done, the patient can leave. 
go back out to uh, their car and then the doctor can speak to them by phone to give them the follow-up uh, and sort of give them the results. So it's done in as safe a way as possible uh, if the doctor needs to get a first-hand look at the eye. Uh, let me ask you this. So how many patients would you see on a normal day and, and how many patients are you seeing this way? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so normally in our office, uh, there are just two of us in our, in our little rural practice. Um, and we would see anywhere from 40 to 50 patients a day with the two doctors there. Um, now we're, we're down to probably seeing an average of five cases a day uh, by phone or video consult. And in person, probably one or two uh, or even zero, depending on the day. Uh, but we're available uh, to our patients every day. And again, our, our main goal is to make sure that we're helping people have a choice outside of going to the ER. And we want that, oh, not only for, for individuals and for our patients, but for the system as a whole. We want to reduce the strain and the burden on the emergency room. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a call from Margaret in Toronto. Hello, Margaret. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Are you taking great care of yourself? Yes, yes. In this time of need. Anyway, what I want to tell you is uh, regarding my R, that's the focus of the call. Um, j- just a moment. Uh, where was it? I went to, uh, I have a, a procedure going with my eye. Uh, at the back of my eye is a rectal problem. And uh, I was very le- reluctant to go on my on my appointment. And my girlfriend was more or less scared to take me. But I had no other way of going. And I know this is a very important procedure because I don't want my eye to go blind or anything like that. It's very, very valuable as any other part of your body. So uh, I put on gloves. She gave me glo- rubber gloves, and I had my mask on. So I went to the clinic, and she stayed in the car. She wasn't allowed in, and I had to stay outside the door. It was uh, uh, the Toronto uh, uh, Eye Clinic uh, on uh, Finch. Very good. I went, and I, was, I think I was the only person or, the, or another person was there, uh, patient, and uh, they had very few chairs. But they were very swift and very, very good and very cautious. They all had gowns on and they had masks on. And I went through one procedure, I had to read the letters, and then I had to go through the eye test. And finally, I went to Dr. Yu, and he injected my eye. And, and when was uh, this, Margaret? Me, when, you take, uh, when you go out, take your gloves off and throw it out, and I could hardly see anything. I was trying to wave to my girlfriend to come and get me. Uh, Margaret, so I went in the car Margaret. and I changed my gloves and uh, I threw it out, and also my mask, and I got a new one. And, and Margaret, I'm safe at home, so Margaret, don't worry about it. Just go for your procedure. It's very important. Margaret, Margaret, people, can you hear me? Margaret, yes. Yeah, I can when, hear you. Well, when was this? When? When did you? When did this? Uh, this was last Thursday. Okay, so yeah, um, uh, yeah, and you're you're feeling fine at home. Thanks. Yeah, yes. I'm home. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm home. I'm so scared. Every day I, I feel because I feel I'm in a cage and I don't like it. I like to go out and breathe and do things, you know. And uh, this this uh, kind of virus, which is uh, so terrible, reminds me of Passover when all those uh, horrible things came down before Moses uh, got the Jews out of Egypt, out of Pharaoh. The plagues, and yeah. I only pray to God, every day I pray to God that this should end and everybody should be safe and no more debts. If people obey the government and and do the right things, perhaps we could lessen the amount of virus going on. Margaret, and, uh, yes, move you, forward. you take care and uh, thanks too, for your call. You 
Um, yeah, uh, a lot of people are, are going stir crazy. I think it's safe to say, Dr. Smith, um, I, I guess procedures like Margaret's are going on. They're considered, uh, urgent. Yes, and, and certainly the procedure that Margaret described is, uh, is, is, is likely to address a vision threatening condition. Um, so those are the types of procedures that, you know, waiting eight weeks or, you know, how, or four weeks or even delaying it uh, by a period of time increases her risk of uh, vision loss. And so those are the types of cases that, uh, that doctors are prioritizing. And as she described, you know, um, anyone, it sounds like her, she's talking about her visit to her ophthalmologist. Uh, to do this uh, this uh, uh, injection, you know, if you've gone in for those visits, you're normally expecting to be there in the presence of probably dozens of other people waiting for her to see the doctor. And she went in and was one of maybe two people in the room. So you can see how um, there's a lot a lot of changes that doctors are making to to make keep their patients safe and make sure that those with those vision threatening conditions are being seen. I'm going to go right to the phones. We've got Hal in Kitchener. Hello, Hal. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, I was wondering if the doctor could tell me if HSV is is a, a concern. It's been they've been treating it for some time, and uh, now I'm I'm off the list. They, I mean, I had a date set for an appointment, but they canceled all of those, as as the doctor was saying. But what about HSV? Is that an on? Is that a situation that should be ongoing and treated? Um, uh, and Dr. Smith, can you please tell us what HSV is first? Well, herpes simplex. Oh, in the eye. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, thanks for the question, Hal. It's uh, it's the same virus that causes shingles. So anyone yeah. who's had shingles knows what that feels like. Yes. Um, but it can affect your eye, of course, as Hal's uh, referring to. So the the question, Hal, comes down probably mostly to whether it's an uh, if you have a, a, an active eye condition or not. Um, and if it's an active eye condition, you likely will have symptoms. You know, you'll have uh, some pain or some blurry vision. Your eye would be red. Um, and it depends on the stage of, uh, of treatments and, and whether it's controlled or not as to whether they would need to see you. Um, well, but said, how, how uh, brings scheduled. up a really good... Sorry, go ahead, Hal. Yeah, no, I had an appointment scheduled and they canceled it. So I guess they're considering that it's not that serious when, in fact, I could you know, lose the sight eventually, um, it can cause problems. It can, you know, scar tissue over the pupil. It can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The, the good thing about, uh, about uh, HSV is that it can certainly be, um, uh, it can be dormant for long periods, especially if it's uh, under treatment. It was um, 50 if, years if, between my two uh, bouts. Mm. So if you're if you have concerns about it, Hal, I think your best bet is to to give your optometrist office a call um, and uh, and actually and uh, try to talk to talk to them by phone or they do as I say do a video consult too if you have that uh, technology and they'll uh, and they'll be able to kind of help answer your concerns and and talk about whether or not you need to be seen in person uh, and that's one that's one way just to at least get some kind of a, an update or a, and they can review your file probably right there on the phone and see uh, what the the history is and and what their level of kind of concern is and if you're having symptoms for sure call and uh, and get that uh, get that consult good advice let's go to Mike in Mississauga hello Mike hi thanks for taking my call yeah I have a believe it or not an appointment today with with an ophthalmologist at three fifteen but they've closed their office temporarily yeah 
And uh, this mm-hmm. one's kind of troubling to me. I Basically, my eye problem is I have a floater. I discovered it at the end of, of December. I've been waiting almost three months for this appointment. Mm, yeah, so a floater can be can be certainly concerning, uh, especially they tend to sort of show up all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and so, you, you know, again, this this might be a, a floater on its own. Your ophthalmologist might be, and I, and I, and I can't know for sure, but might be considering this to be uh, not urgent right now. Um, they have to sort of judge based on your symptoms and other tests that, that actually can be kind of done remotely a little bit uh, to figure out if you're, uh, if they're worried about whether you're having a retinal problem or not. And if a, there's a, a concern about a retinal problem, then, uh, then that would be something that would likely be seen urgently. Um, but you should be able to have a, a, a phone or a video consult done. I think that um, that most many offices are doing that, um, and if not through your through the the ophthalmologist, then through your primary care optometrist. That would be the other other venue. So I don't have the internet, and I don't have a cell phone. I don't have that kind of technology. You should be able to do it even just over the phone you're using right now um, to just do a have a have a phone consult. So for with my office, we're doing we're doing them both. For example, we're doing for our patients uh, phone or video. Um, and if video is not an option, and, and we're, out in, we're out in the rural parts of eastern Ontario, so the Internet service isn't always the best. Uh, so we're doing a lot of uh, phone calls as well and doing a lot of phone consults. Good luck with that, Mike. Uh, um, it's good to know that they are answering the phone. Thanks so much for your call. Okay. Um, Dr. Smith, you know, on, on another note, you know, doctors and optometrists and dentists who have been ordered to basically close their offices. I mean, they're small businesses. Is that a concern for your members? Yeah, that's thanks uh, for that question. That is uh, an excellent question, and it is very much a concern. I mean, businesses across Ontario, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of small businesses across Ontario, and optometrists are, are sort of part of that because our, our clinics are, are independent uh, facilities. And uh, we're, we're, we're all very, very worried about not only just our patients and our businesses, but our staff, um, whom we've had to, to lay off in, in, in large numbers. And we're, we're hopeful that some of these federal programs that have been announced in the last few days will, will allow us to, to support our staff and to keep our businesses running. But um, there, we are caught in a bit of a funny place uh, because everyone's heard about this uh, this. this uh, this COVID benefit, this CERB, and that looks like it's uh, not going to apply to to uh, healthcare providers because we're continuing to work and provide urgent care, even though it's a, it's very reduced. So our members are certainly concerned about that and concerned about um, how they're going to keep their practices running and keep their staff employed and you know rehire them after the the pandemic is uh, is over. Um, this this new benefit that was announced yesterday, which is uh, subsidizing seventy five percent of salaries up to a maximum of fifty eight thousand uh, dollars for anybody who's shown revenues uh, go below like lose more than thirty percent is that is that something that will help your members? We're certainly hopeful that it will. Um, the, that verbal announcement yesterday is is pretty much the, what you just said is pretty much what we know about it too. It's, there's not a, a ton of detail yet, and we understand that. The federal government's working as, as quickly as they can to get that out, but we're certainly hoping that uh, that that'll help our members. Most optometry practices, I would say, all optometry practices will certainly uh, will certainly 
be eligible based on on what they've said verbally. But we're we're waiting for more details, and we're hopeful that it will help our help us uh, get our staff back to work. Uh huh. And um, you know, um, so I guess the the important message here is that uh, people, even if they see that their optometrist's office is closed, they can reach that person, and if it's urgent, they will be able to get the care they need, and hopefully, be able to do that without having to go to an emergency ward. That's, that's the idea. Our whole goal here is to help keep people from having to face the choice between going to overwhelmed emergency rooms with their urgent eye care issues or just suffer at home with no care. We, we want there to be that, that other option, which is to talk to their optometrist. Uh, and if they don't have an optometrist, to reach out to one uh, that they can speak to. And I'll say, um, you know, there's on online or even I think by phone, you can access this information as well through the, the College of Optometrists of Ontario, which is our regulator. You can look, uh, they have a great find a doctor tool that lists all optometrists in the province, but also lists every optometrist who is able to see people in person for urgent care issues. So that is a, a searchable item on there. And our own website at the Ontario Association of Optometrists, we have a a very easy to use and comprehensive find a doctor tool as well that uh, that the public can access. These are open to everybody to use and to try to to find help if they for some reason can't either can't ask access their optometrist uh, or they don't have one. Mm-hmm. How many optometrists are there? How many members do you have? So there's there's about two thousand five hundred optometrists across the province of Ontario, and we're in pretty much uh, almost every community you can think of. Uh, from Hearst uh, to uh, Thunder Bay to obviously downtown Toronto, Windsor, Ottawa, everywhere in between, uh, over 200 communities across the province. And you were discussing, uh, you know, the the PPE, the personal protective equipment that the optometrists wear when they have to see patients and that they give to the patients. Are you uh, okay on supplies of that? We keep hearing about shortages and governments moving in to try and source it. How How are you doing with that? I would say uh, our supplies are extremely limited, uh, and in fact, most offices, uh, the majority of offices are are not seeing patients in their office uh, for that reason. Without the equipment, it's just not safe to do so for the patient or for anyone else in the building. Um, so the the, uh, the the limitations there are, are are acute, and we know that the government is trying their best to to get these uh, this uh, materials out to healthcare providers, but. Uh, obviously, you know, hospitals, if they're struggling to have the supply, um, then we know that we're going to be struggling as well. Uh, that's why that uh, college list uh, on the college website uh, showing all the doctors that have personal protective equipment and are open to seeing patients uh, for urgent care visits in person if needed uh, after a phone or video consult. Um, that's why that list is important. Those are the folks that, that the practitioners that have the, the equipment need it. Uh, we only have a, a, a small number of seconds left. What would you like to leave us with, Dr. Smith? I'd just like to, to, to sort of reassure everyone that their optometrist is going to be there for them if they have an urgent issue in this time. And um, it's really confusing for everybody we know. And if there's any uh, you know, worries about how to, how to access that care, reach out to your optometrist. Go to the association website, the college website, or call uh, the toll-free numbers that you can access them and ask uh, who you can see or, or what you can do about an urgent issue. We, we want to help people either be comfortable at home and stay out of the emergency rooms uh, and not have to worry about their, their vision. 
Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Joshua Smith, President of the Ontario Association of Optometrists. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Eddie. Okay, and that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.